The following podcast is brought to you by Astro Panda Productions. For more information or to find other great shows, visit astropandaproductions.com or visit the Astro Panda Productions page on blogtalkradio.com. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. This is Season 5, Episode 4, and today we are having Raina Young of Last Doorway Productions join us. How you doing there, Raina? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm fair, you know. The the sun is kind of shining, I guess, in a way, and I'm standing up right above ground. I can't really complain. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... You, it's uh, you have the perfect radio voice, by the way. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I really like your voice. I don't know what it is. It's like it's perfect. Well, it's uh, that's good to hear. Actually, I I like hearing that. And flattery will get you a lot of places in life. So you know, you're you're starting <laughs> off well there. Uh, Raina, tell me a little bit about yourself. You are a horror hostess, a writer, director, producer, actress, makeup artist, musician. Uh, do you cook? I mean, is, do you have time for anything else in your life? That's so funny you ask. But yes, I do cook. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if there's anything I don't know how to do, I'll just YouTube it and I'll be an expert by the end of the day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, you know, everyone always asks me, how do you do it? You do so much. And I'm always like, you know, I don't know. I think one of these days I'll take a nap and it'll be fine again. (laughs) Sometimes I'll just run myself to the ground and eat sleep. But yeah, I do a lot. I don't know how, but I do it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, that's a lot. I was going through your website, and I don't know if you have that website address off the top of your head that you could throw out real quick. Oh, com. There we go. Yeah. You, I mean, you you have comic books. You've got commercials, short films, a TV show. I, I guess my first question would be, is like, so are horror films like your, your greatest um, entertainment love in life, or where, where does that come from? It, um, well, horror to me is, I've just, I've always loved horror, and it began when I was a little girl. Uh, every year, um, John Carpenter's Halloween would come on TV, mm-hmm. and I wasn't allowed to watch it, so my dad would always turn it off. I was always bummed out because I was curious to, to see what it was, and before um, that, he, he would always wake me up Saturday nights late at night, make me hot chocolate. And what would be on um, back-to-back, Tales from the Dark Side and another show called Monsters. And I would watch those. And I guess because those weren't too bad, he let me watch them. But, but as I got a little bit older, he was around seven, I was, I believe, seven or eight. Um, he had John Carpenter's Halloween on VHS, and I, and I knew about it course i go through you know who doesn't what kid doesn't go through your parents stuff oh yeah absolutely so i i got up early one morning it was a saturday and it was ah it must have been like five in the morning six and he was still asleep so i got that vhs tape and i watched it <laughs> i watched it because i i just 
I had to. And it was at that that moment I fell in love with horror. I was, and it was so funny because it wasn't that it was really scary to me. It was just so fascinating to watch. I don't know what it was. And there, I got two things out of it that morning. I got my love, my more love of horror, and I wanted to grow up to be Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I, I think those are two fair takeaways from Halloween. So I, that's I, where, um, yes, that's where acting for me started. I was like, that's it. I want to be an actress. That's where that started. Yeah, I, there I can I went totally on see that. I can totally see that. Yeah. Well, and one of the great things about Halloween is there's like no blood oh. in that whole movie. Um, there isn't. Yeah. It is and just, I, but as a little girl, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, well, you know, Texas Chainsaw, <laughs> you know? Texas Chainsaw is the same way. I remember when you know, back in the days oh, of VHS yeah. tapes and stuff, and you'd tell your friends about this movie, and it was always like, oh, and there's blood and guts everywhere. And then you go back and you watch it years later, and you're like, no, there's really not. <laughs> yeah. What those two movies had what? better than anything was suspense. Oh, and you know that's. <sighs> What a lot, that's what these remakes lack is, is that true, raw, natural suspense that all the originals had, you know, that really jumped you out of your seat and, 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 and pulled you in. So yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's just the suspense was so brilliant back then. Yeah. That's, I, I think, um, Halloween is probably, I would compare Halloween one more to Hitchcock in Psycho than mm. I would to Friday the 13th. But see, Friday yeah, the 13th part too. two is my, that's my horror film. That's like my get down film right there. That's, I was like seven nice. and saw that one and cool. it terrified me, you know? <laughs> and that's, that's what I look for wow. in the horror movies. I like to be scared. Yeah. It's, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. And then you get those, and then I'll get those horror films. Well, I'll, I'll watch and I'll, I'll, I'll actually, I'll, They'll scare the crap out of me, and they'll also get me thinking, like, oh, my God, make sure to always lock your windows and doors, because mm-hmm. the strangers, the strangers, I'm telling you, the strangers, anything that's home invasion scares the crap out of me, because that that happens. I mean, well, people yeah. really, there are some sick people out there, and that it does scare the crap out of me. Well, yeah, so let I'm, me tell you, growing up, watching horror films compared to a lot of the girls I knew at school, I was the one who always turned around and made sure to watch my surroundings. Horror films, you know, can save your life. <laughs> Let me tell you, a lot of girls I knew, oh yeah, because a lot of girls I knew were like, oh, cool, it's all good, he's going to fall or kill me, kind of, you know how young kids can be, but I'm over here like, damn, who's that dude over there? He might just follow me. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, you start, you start thinking like, wow, you know, horror films, watching them as a little girl and growing up, I'm like, wow, they really taught me um, a little bit of a, uh, you know, to be aware and stranger danger and all that. It's like, wow, there's, I think they're really good to watch. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, Salem's lot is the first horror film I remember seeing mm. as a kid. And, you know, I, I, I was born in 73. So when Salem's lot was on TV, it was brand new and I was five mm-hmm. or six and it taught me not to open my window. Should a little kid come and float by and tap on it. <laughs> This is valuable right. stuff. Right? Yeah. Right? Because you never know. It, it could be your friend, but hey, maybe it's not your friend. Yeah. Could be some goddamn <laughs> yeah. shit-sucking vampire. You don't know. <laughs> you know? It's like it's like right now I have an 11-month-old son, but it, and, and you know, who knows what the future holds if I have another kid. It might be a daughter. 
And the first thing, I'm going to make sure she watches Lifetime movies because you're going to know what kind of boys are out there, mm-hmm. what kind of best friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, in my head, I'm thinking, I think this will help teach, <laughs> hopefully. Because, you know, other people I know kind of don't think that way. They're like, think it's ridiculous. But I don't. I really think if you watch stuff like that, it can help. So. Well, I mean, here's the thing. You, you brought up The Strangers, and, you know, The Strangers is oh, one of those yeah. movies that, you know, based on a true story. Well, the true story it was based mm-hmm. on was the Tate murders, which yeah. is pretty goddamn terrifying. I mean, when you really think about what happened there, he sent some people to kill people who didn't live there anymore, and other people died because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's something to be afraid of, you know, that there, that's, there are... That's- you know, there aren't, well, yeah. you know, look here between Modesto and San Francisco. We had three years of the Zodiac killer out there. You know, we, there yeah. are creepy bastards running around. So and if you really stop to think about it, he really, he, he's never been caught. So it's like, you know, they say he's dead, but who knows? Well, he probably, he'd <laughs> your be, mind wants, for me, my, my imagination gets the best of me. Yeah. <laughs> you I mean, know he'd I mean? be like 80 by now, but you know, I would think, <laughs> I have, yeah. I would think he wouldn't be able to really get around like he used to. But, um, no, but well, so, still, you never know. So, yeah, that's true. So you see Halloween. People are living longer and healthier. I guess you're correct there. Um, but, so you see Halloween. You decide you're going to be an actress and a writer and a director. How, how, does all, how do you go from wanting to be Jamie Lee Curtis to being all of this other stuff? Tell me a little bit about your education or or you know spreading your wings and getting into these things so you know you want to be an actress what what do you do next what where do you go from there uh from there i begged my father to take me on auditions mm-hmm. so every weekend because i had school monday through friday of course but every weekend i would audition for commercials um barbazon modeling for kids um um modeling clothes for runways like I and you know where I would be on stage and I'd go back and forth and say my name and age you know and mm-hmm. audition after audition um it was when I hit middle school I started I got into some commercials I was doing commercials for overcrowded schools and things like that so uh, that buzz kind of helped me for when I started high school um I started drama class right away and not to toot my own horn, but right away I was the teacher's favorite. So she baby not babied me more, but she took me to the side on um, lunch breaks and after school, and she really helped me, teach me more than she could when we had class because I wanted to learn so much more. And that's when she introduced me to Bobino Casting in San Francisco, so I signed up for that. and So then I started becoming an extra in films, um, and then as soon as the last couple of years of high school, I kind of, I kind of got out of it a little bit because I started doing more writing. Mm-hmm. I always wrote when I was little. I, I Edgar Allan Poe. I still have my Edgar Allan Poe book. I would carry around with me everywhere. <laughs> I, I wanted to be Edgar Allan Poe too. Let me tell you, <laughs> young kid, big dream. So um, from high school, I went my first year of college, and that's when the directing buzz really started for me. Because what happened was I had a friend who was also um, in acting classes in high school. We weren't in the same class. We were in different, the same teacher and everything. And he was really good. And he started making indie films. And he's like, hey, I want you to be in them. I'm like, perfect. I can act. Let's do this. And 
every film he did, he could not finish. I was like, man, when are we going to finish this film? Oh, I, I, I don't like it anymore. I'm going to start a new one. Oh, I don't like it anymore. I'm, start. And I'm like, man, so like four or five of those. I was like, jeez, kid, come on. God. So I decided, I went, I bought myself a camera, a little mini DV camera, cassette, little camera. I wrote a 30-minute ghost story script, and I borrowed my friend's house grabbed some people I knew, grabbed my sister, and then uh, I shot a 30-minute short, my first real 30-minute short, which will never see the light of day because it's really not that good. <laughs> but, I, but I did it. I finished, I finished something. And after that, I was like, wow, this was really fun and cool. And I was like, I, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't read up on directing. I didn't study it or anything. I just went for it. But after that, I, I got the buzz. I wanted to do a feature. I wanted to do this or that. And so I started to write more scripts. Then I got script writing for dummies. Then I got filmmaking for dummies. Then I got books. And then I started reading and reading and reading and looking online or whatever I can. And from there, um, after my first year of college, I didn't go back. I got a job and I saved money up. <laughs> so I was like, I'll make movies. That's what I decided to do. So from there, I started Last Story Productions. And the reason why it's called Last Doorway Productions is because originally I had scripts written for thirty minute for a thirty minute show I wanted to create that was like the Twilight Zone called The Last Doorway. They even had theme music and a whole thing that you say, like Rod Sterling, you know, oh, a yeah. whole intro. <laughs> and it never happened. But when I met my husband a couple years later, because I was just writing a lot and studying, I didn't really film anything from that 30 minute. And two, three years later, I met my husband and I asked him to help me with a couple short films to see if he was into it. And from there, we started, I said, hey, I have this dream. And he went with me on this dream and we, we co-owned Last Story Productions. And we got an LLC. We did the partnership. And then we started doing short films. And then what happened was on Facebook, because this is like, this is during the time where there's MySpace and mm -hmm. Facebook. And I was like, how am I going to get my foot in the door? So I went to a convention, and it was Sangoria Weekend of Horrors in San Jose when it was over here, near me at least. Oh my God such a blast meeting people and passing out my short films uh, for free to give everyone. And that's when you find out that a lot of people are like, oh, this is great. And then five minutes later, your DVD is a coaster for someone's drink right, on their right. table. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then I'm like, oh, hell no. Then, then, then you go through the rage and then you go through the, oh, it's cool, whatever. <laughs> and then I'm like, what? Well, I'll show them. You know, then, then you're like, wow, these people kind of suck. But I'm meeting a lot of great people. But these people know who I am. You know, how am I going to meet them? And that's when I said, um, you know, I grew up with Elvira. If I interviewed people, I would get to know them. And then I would start, you know, talking to people and get, getting my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. So then I created Miss Misery for my first show, The Last Doorway. We had 78 episodes, which we put up on MySpace. 
why I didn't put it up on something else, another platform, I don't know, but MySpace seemed like it at the time. So 78 episodes. We started, uh, let's see, October 31st, 2007 is when I premiered of the first episode as Miss Misery. And um, my name, Miss Misery, came from my favorite Elliot Smith song, Miss Misery. So that's how that name came to be. And I still didn't know how Miss Misery was going to dress or wear. So I just gossed it up because I was already a goth girl anyway. So I thought, you know, easy peasy, right? Not really, because I really needed to find who she was going to be. And you know what I mean? Like really get it up there. But now I know who she is. But back then it was like, I just want to get my foot in the door. And it worked. I went, I started getting press passes at conventions and interviewing people and, and meeting everyone. Oh man. And it was, and then I was being invited to after parties after the convention. And I'm like, well, I used to watch a lot you know, of these. I have to say, I have to say, like, to oh say as a podcast host, that has happened to me in a few situations where you're like, my wife and I started a podcast about our favorite sitcom at one point, just as something to do after I'd started getting into podcasting and buying stuff. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then one day we're in Vancouver at dinner with one of our favorite actors and his wife looking at each other like, this is really, really <laughs> weird. We're not, we're not supposed to be here. You know? Isn't that crazy? But it's like, if you act like you're supposed to be somewhere, then people yeah. don't think weird when you end up there. I, I, I understand exactly. what you're saying. Yeah. It's like you go from being some weirdo fanboy or girl to the next thing you know, you're <laughs> handing them a glass of wine at a party and you're like one of them. And it's just kind of odd. But, you know, if it, you play the yeah. part, then you end up. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, though. Yeah. So it it was uh, it was it's like you're there and in your mind, you're 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 giggling and jumping for joy. And you're like, oh, my God, you're standing out. But on the outside, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's me. Yeah, whatever. I'm cool. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to. <laughs> it's great. And then you get used to it. And then you're like, wow, you know, but I still get kind of like, wow, I can't believe I'm here. Um, <laughs> so fascinating. I, uh, yeah. So Elvira is definitely a, a touchstone of mine. That's like a show I watched with my dad when I was a kid. And then when my wife and I and our kids lived in Santa Cruz, WonderCon was still in San Francisco and Oakland back then. Ah. And we went one time, and there's Elvira. Now she's out of costume, but you, when you see Cassandra, you know that's Elvira. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you're just like, yeah. holy shit. Yep. And, and I yeah. walked up to her, <laughs> and uh, it was surprisingly, there was nobody else in line ahead of me. So we just walked right up, and I said, I go, my dad loves you. She's, it's always somebody's dad. She's, I met, I can't remember, she's like the new kids on the block or something. And all of them talked about how their grandpas love me. And I said, well, to be fair, if my wife weren't standing here, I'd tell you, I always loved you too. But you know, <laughs> but she was, she That's was awesome. awesomely charming, really funny. Um, I could certainly see why when you're like, okay, so what, what am I going to do? What Aunt Elvira, I could see that being a thing because I would say even Nadia G, the the uh, cooking punk rock chick, went a little Elvira with her stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Cassandra's amazing. She's yeah, so sweet. Yes, She's and so funny nice. and charming. Like, and she doesn't yeah. have to be anymore. You know. <laughs> yeah, 
She could just be a total part. bitch. We'd all just be like, okay, that's cool. You know, Elvira's a bitch, I guess. I'm, I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah, well, we, you, would, we would make up excuses like, well, you got to be in this industry. You know, yeah, we would exactly. make up <laughs> We'd just roll with it. We'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah. that's cool. I could see that. No. <laughs> So that gets That's us awesome. that gets us to your writing and your your directing and your producing. Also, when you were when you were oh putting God, your yeah. when you were putting your husband through his paces, was this a marriage test where you're like, if this guy will make indie horror films with me, then I know he's marrying material? Was that kind of what you were doing? Oh well, when we first met, um, when we were both uh, working, uh, I was working at a grocery store and he was delivering to the grocery store. So that's how we met. And I had my eye on him, not mm-hmm. knowing he had his eye on me. <laughs> but I thought, you know, I shot, I had just shot a short film called Confession with my friend Dylan, who I went to high school with in drama class. We were still very good friends. And he helps out all the time. He still films with me. And I thought, I needed, I don't know how to really edit. And I thought maybe he did. So I, I was like, hey, do not edit. He's like, not really. I go, well, I've got a learning program, so... Um, if you want to learn and edit my short, that'd be great. He's like, what? <laughs> That's how that kind of started. But then he got into it. He he didn't really watch a lot of horror, so I had to kind of start giving him movies to watch. Yeah. But, but he, I mean, he, he was just like, he's sci-fi geek. But he does like horror now. Uh, a lot of the stuff, he'll watch whatever I watch, basically, except for Lifetime movies. But, uh... <laughs> You know, that's, that's that fair. Started. That's fair. You can't really get a guy in the Lifetime movies. They're not. <laughs> no. Genetically, we're not really programmed <laughs> no. for No. <laughs> exactly. But, hey, if we ever got hired by Lifetime to do a movie, he'd be all in. Oh, yeah. Know? Look, I, I'm, a big, <laughs> I'm a big believer in selling out the moment you can. So I I, I, I would say yes. Uh, a Lifetime, you want me to do a voiceover intro slot for you? Absolutely. Send me a check and your script, and I'll have it done in an hour. That's great. Yeah. That's great. No, it's, look, you, yeah. only, you only get so much time, and if you get a chance to sell out, you might as well jump on it. Yeah. That's very true. That is very true. But yeah, we uh, he he got into editing and we started shooting more and he started editing and then he started showing me more of editing. Now we both edit together, so I do a lot of it. He does a lot of it, and uh, that's how that kind of got started. But he 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 loves it. He loves filming. He does. He's my cinematographer. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he does basically whatever I tell him, but. He's great. He loves it. He does. He really does. Well, and, you know, and one of my favorite things to talk to uh, uh, filmmakers now, whether it's shorts or features, whatever, you couldn't do this 25 years ago. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like film for a half mm-hmm. hour show would have been like 8,000 bucks just 25 years ago. And mm. how lucky are you to be in the digital age when this stuff is accessible, affordable, releasable and you have access to ways to tell people about your film where you don't honestly you could stay in your bathrobe and still do publicity without spending a penny for a movie nowadays crazy isn't it it, it is it's, just, it's it's crazy how we got to this point <laughs> it's almost like living in the future <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah 
Well, so let's talk about that a little bit, though. So you're you're doing conventions, you're you're handing out your movies, you're making your movies. You've you've given your husband a homework project to watch a couple of horror films and start <laughs> editing for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, and, I assume and, that translates to free labor. I, I'm guessing <laughs> a little bit. Um, sure. But so what what are your steps? I mean, you were saying you were using MySpace to kind of help, and look at the time. I was using. I was using MySpace to upload The Last Doorway. And uh, then I was uh, getting press wherever I could to uh, interview indie filmmakers, uh, journalists, uh, actors, uh, celebrities, anyone I could get my hands on for my show. And everyone was always like, who are you? And that's when I was like, at the beginning, you're you're learning at the beginning. So at the beginning, I'm like, yeah, I need business cards. Now I got to find business cards in order to make those. And uh, oh, you know, I need this or that. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm shooting. I'm on my like 10, 15th episode. I'm uploading on MySpace, and you got not gonna believe that I, I start getting fan mail. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm like, what the? So I start getting fan mail. I'm not, <laughs> it was crazy on MySpace. Oh, these people, oh, I love this, the interview with this person, or blah, 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 blah. <laughs> wow. So I just kept going. And as soon as I started, to be honestly, honestly, I started getting worn down, though, because I was doing so many conventions. Mm-hmm. There are so many conventions. It's mm-hmm. like one every weekend. I was starting to get to the point of getting run down from from being Miss Misery, from, from interviewing, from the traveling back and forth everywhere uh, in between shooting shorts and then doing spontaneous things like, <laughs> Oh, I'm going to do a women in horror documentary next, or I'm going to run a film festival in San Francisco, which went for six years. I don't know <laughs> where my husband would look on uh, Facebook or MySpace and be like, we're doing what you didn't tell me. I go, I didn't know either. I just, <laughs> to do this or do that and I'd announce it oh my god I'm crazy but um I was getting run down and then um I was offered from a station in Hayward years later to do movie massacre and host uh late night public domain films and that's how that got started that's awesome. but back but yeah but I didn't want to be that horror host you know I in my mind I was like this is the last story show is great because I, I get to the freedom to interview people and do this and that and go to the cons. Right. But, you know, to host films that every other horror host has hosted, you know, to me it was like, come on, how many times are you going to watch and I was looking dead or, but there are the fans out there and they do it. So I, I had decided at the time I screw it. I'll do it too. (laughs) So I'm going on six seasons now for that. What interests me (laughs) about that, is I don't think television as we know it is going to be around much longer. And it's kind of like this this through line, like you're on a TV station. Lucille Ball was on TV, and we don't know if this art form is even going to be around. I mean, short films will be, but the way TV is now may not be around for another 25 years. That to me is like Mm -hmm. the cool part of it. Is it like, you know, right now at this moment, you're on a television station which may not even be a thing in a few more years. That to me yeah, is like you the never really know. cool part. Yeah. That to me would be like the thing that even though like, yeah, you know, 
everybody's done Night of the Living Dead. You know, most famous uh, public domain horror film mm-hmm. of all time. Oh, yeah. But you know what? You and everybody else who's been on TV have done it. So there's this this through line of mm-hmm. his, history and filmmaking and everything that just kind of goes through it. So while at the same time there's like a, a boringness, there's something kind of awesome in the banal and the mundane about it as well. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I would be focused on. I, yeah, I agree. I, you know, with me, you know, even though I didn't want to host uh, public domain films like everyone, every other horror host, I still took the opportunity and said, screw it, I'm going to do it. Because in my mind, you know, the, when I do stuff and why I've done so much stuff is because in my mind, I'm like, you know, I don't want to be lying on my deathbed regretting something. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the way I am. It's like you live once. If you don't do it now, you're not going to do it again. So that's why for me, I just do everything and anything I can. And that's why my resume is so extreme. <laughs> so everyone's like, what haven't you done yet? I go, well, I've got a list. <laughs> so I'll keep going. Um, yeah, well, that's. I, I have to say, as I was going through your website, I was just like, when does this person ever have time to like eat or take a nap? And now you tell me you have a kid on top of that, and I'm just like, you're crazy. You're, Ooh, you're out of your mind. I, my husband was like, how are we going to do this? I go, it's me. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. We always figure it out. We'll do it. I'll make it happen. Well, you know, and, and so far, it's been writing with one hand and holding a teasing baby in the other. Yep. Well, I was going to say, and you know, <laughs> there is a saying: if you want something done, have a busy person do it. That there yeah. is there is a thing yeah. where people just the busier a person is, the more they can accomplish because they're used to always being, you know, just balls to the wall, you know, pedal to the metal all the way out all the time. So. Somebody's busy mm-hmm. as you. I'm not surprised that you found a way to throw raising a baby in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Crazy, so, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So when you were doing interviews, did you ever get like your the interview, like the the one you really wanted? Did that ever come up? I never really saw it that way. Actually, I just wanted to interview everyone and anyone I could. Uh, there was never a, I'm going to go for this person and this person only. It's more like, who can I get? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it, to, to me, um, it was the moment I interviewed Weird Al Yankovic to me was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm someone. <laughs> like, not so, but like, like, oh my God, I did it. I, I, you know, like, oh, it's Weird Al. I feel like I, I, I landed like, the uh, Holy Grail here because you know I I love Weird Al I grew up with Weird Al and and I got a chance to interview him and it didn't last that long because he you know I was interviewing him for someone else's documentary and they asked if I would uh, John and I would go shoot it and I was like hell yeah and um, after after I interviewed him for their doc I said look I'm blah 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 please let me interview you, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, uh, yeah, I'll give you like four or five minutes. I'm like, oh my God, yes. And I wasn't even dressed as Miss Misery. I had my hair. I wasn't even, and I didn't care. I took it because I was like, this is, you know, the opportunity strikes to take it. But that to me was like, oh my God. If, if I have to name an, uh, an interview where I really, there was someone I really wanted to get and I got him was James Obar. Oh, yeah. That's um, a good one. I, I grew up with, well, as a huge 
Bruce Lee fan anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, the crow. Oh my God! Just to me, the crow's always been a perfect movie. <laughs> I don't. I just. I love that movie so much, and the comic, and and I always thought, you know, I would never probably meet James. And one time I was at WonderCon, and and this was way before Miss Misery. Um, I finally met James Obar when I was just me, and I got a signature from him, everything, and he was had two other guys with him, so he was really busy, and I was trying to like tell him how much love is. His, his comic and, the, and blah 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 and he wasn't really paying attention to me I'm not even kidding because he had two other guys there who kept telling him oh this time you gotta go do this and, that's, and I was like oh man so then he signs my thing while he's not really listening to me he's like then I'll go oh thank you and then I'm like aw and then you're like in your mind like oh I finally get to meet someone I want to meet and this happens and then years later I'm this misery I'm at a convention my friend knows him he's like hey you want to interview him I'm like yeah, then I could, finally, he's by himself. He's not with these, I don't know who these other guys were, but he was so cool. He's like, yeah, let's go in the other room where it's quiet. You can interview me. Oh, my God. I was like, and and when you if you watch that interview, because it's on YouTube, uh, I'm kind of like, what am I, I, I went blank. Like, what do I ask him? What do I, that whole damn thing's a mess. <laughs> to yeah. Me. But. You know, because I'm like, oh, my God, it's James Oh, my God. And after the interview, I was like, I screwed it up. Oh, my God. But years later, I'm at a convention as a guest, and he's a guest. And all of a sudden, I'm hanging out with him. We went and had dinner. That's <laughs> oh my awesome, God. yeah. Oh, my God. And he gives me a hug. Goodbye. Oh, my God. It was, it was like, wow. It was great. <laughs> so I, do you remember do you remember um awesome. everett hartzell uh, he created a comic book called razor and actually did a crow crossover oh yes okay so a couple of years ago a young lady reaches out to me on facebook she's like hey i've been working on this movie uh it's about to come out she's i'm hoping to you know generate a little press is there any way i could come on mm-hmm. and you can interview me i'm like oh yeah because cool. I was new, and I'm, I'm, you know, like like you were in that situation. You're just like, who, you know, whoever wants to come on, you know, doors open, yeah, come, come on in. Yeah. yeah. So she and I were talking, and she goes, well, my husband, Everett Hartso, and I'm like, and it's that thing where your brain all of a sudden is just like, you don't know why you know it, but you can hear all your gears are spinning. like, I know that name. I don't know why I know it. So I ask her, I'm like, <laughs> well, wait, okay, I know this name. Who is that? And then she tells me. And I get done with our interview, put it up a couple days later, and then he emails me. And he's like, hey, um, he goes, I appreciate you having my wife on. Would you like to interview me as kind of a... And I'm like, you, know, you try to play it cool. You're like, oh, fuck, well, if I have time, I guess. Uh, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Oh, man. So it was, that was really that's cool. Awesome. I that's love, awesome. I love, this must have happened to you as well, where you just kind of fall ass backwards into something. You're like, oh, shit, that's really cool, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was, um, I, you know, what sucks is you have so much going on. Sometimes you miss stuff. And I have missed opportunities at um, Comic-Con mm-hmm. by accidentally mixing up dates on my email. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. But, but I was at, I believe it was Comic-Con. And I had done um, press. Uh, I was invited into the press for when Elvira was uh, coming back on TV. 
And I was like, oh, man, I need something. So everyone was like, line up here if you want to ask a question. So I'm like, oh, yeah, roll your camera. And there was this other woman sitting down there, and she kept looking at me like she knew me but didn't know me. And I was looking at her like, do I know her? So I said hi to her. I started meeting her, you know, talking to her, chilling with her. She's like, yeah, you should get a bumper from Elvira. I go, yeah, I, I should. And so I got to sit down with her dress, Cassandra dressed up, and she did a little bumper for the last doorway, and I told her who I was, and, and uh, I let her know, oh, yeah, my, my name is Miss Misery, and she goes, oh, Miss Misery, well, she goes, that's a really good name, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, and then I find out later on that the woman I was talking to that I got in so good with was Elvira's manager. There you go. <laughs> how, how, how does that happen? And then all of a sudden, I go to another con a year later, I'm a guest, and Elvira's behind me. And I go over there, and Elvira's manager is standing there. She's like, oh, hey, and she remembered me and said hi. And I was like, oh, my God, this is great. <laughs> Weird little things like that just always happen. Yeah. And that's... then there was the time I got to sit down at the round table for The Walking Dead before it came on. So I got to meet all the stars. Oh. Oh, man, I tell you, I got stories. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to have to keep you in my Rolodex because I'm always looking for stories. <laughs> Um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, this is, you know, this yeah, is really cool because you've crazy. got, yeah, you've got so much going on here. Um, you know, and, and we're going to start running down on time. So I got to ask about a couple okay. things before we do. It's, sure. You also, yeah. you also write your own music? Is this? Uh, yeah. My husband, uh -huh. my husband, my, well, I play, I taught myself how to play guitar when I was, I want to say about 14. Okay. What happened was my sister wanted to play guitar. My dad bought her one for Christmas. She says she didn't like it, so I took it. <laughs> yeah. I love music. I love music. So I, I self-taught myself that, and I started teaching myself a little bit of piano, some bass, drums, you know, just started getting into it. So, yeah, and, and what's great about my husband when I met him is he had a band, Damn It, and they're, that's their call, they're called Damn It, and uh, he plays guitar, and so we, you know, we go back and forth. We, you know, I do a little keyboard, and we come up with stuff for our movies and stuff because, you know, what the beginning, I was like, I can't afford to pay anyone. I got, mm -hmm. I'm going to do everything myself. And I kind of like doing everything ourselves in a way because we've got more control over it, of course. But, yeah, I play guitar and I dab in drums and other stuff, so it's pretty cool. I've, I have a bunch of songs that I've written since I was a teenager. I would always carry my guitar around with me through high school playing in the hallways on my breaks, you know, learning anything I could. Learned, taught myself how to read tablature. I, yeah, I still play. I play for my son now. I play a little guitar. Gets all excited. That's awesome. See, my my right. son is right. he's a self taught painter. Um, oh, awesome! Painter, That's musician, uh, but he plays bass, piano, guitar, um, and a handful. Oh, cool. But he's all self taught. When he was eleven. We were at my grandmother's house for Christmas, and my aunt got him uh, like a pencil and paper and said, could you draw me a bat? Thinking he'd draw like an 11-year-old draws a bat. Well, he drew a photorealistic presentation of a bat flying out of a barn. And he's yeah. so he's he's kind of like you in that, like, hey, here's here's a guitar sitting on the floor, and the next thing you know, he's writing music. <laughs> you know, it's... And so I, wow. I, I love running across artistic people like that because I definitely have a couple in my family, so I can I can relate cool. or at the very least understand them. But like, uh, actually, you know what? Mm -hmm. 
Sorry, go ahead. No, Sorry. please, please. I don't mean to say. I, I was going to tell you, you know, one thing I haven't really told anyone, and I'm going to tell you exclusively, is exclusive. um, I have been working on a music movie script, and I want to get out of horror for a little bit, and I want to do something like, um, you ever see that movie Begin Again? Um, let's see, was that it's Albert got, uh, Finney? Kira Knightley. No, I haven't. Seen it. In it? No, I haven't. Well, it's like it's like you know, it's like a a movie, a music movie, like you know, like a drama in a way. I, I want to branch out and do something like that. So I've been working on something like that, where I'd write my own original music for, and everything. Oh, okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, so I thought you know I love horror, but I want to explore some other options. Well, too. you know, John Carpenter also made that movie Elvis with Kurt Russell. That's yeah, <laughs> you know, that's true. <laughs> There's, there's definitely, yeah, there, there's definitely room to get out there and do that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, that and I want to do an action flick, so yeah, so action, <laughs> that'd be fun. Action is one that it's kind of like I can see like horror movies exist on a small budget. Like sometimes horror oh, is yeah. better the smaller budget you have, you know. The problem I see with an independent mm-hmm. action film these days is that you could never blow up an airplane. <laughs> and that's yeah. what people want, you know? Yeah. I mean, there, there's yeah, all sorts exactly. of great old action films, like the Bruce Lee movies and all this, but but people want oh, more yeah. action than just a fist fight now. That's like the one problem I see. Oh, what, what's happening nowadays is everyone's got a short attention span. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, don't, if you don't wow them in quick and get things moving, they just lose interest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just the way it is yeah no that's i can absolutely <laughs> see that so before we wrap up i gotta ask you you also have uh, mm-hmm. comic books too i do i go through scattered comics in sacramento i'm good friends with uh jason doobie who i've met through the jason, convention circuit jason is awesome i i know jason he's, and he comes highly yeah. recommended by everybody i i love him to death he's yeah. amazing and he uh, he's great pick out my artists, I write the comics, they do it, I go through the pages, make sure they're the way I want, boom, got a comic book. <laughs> I, I collect comic books, so, you know, yeah. no, no, <laughs> to no, grow I, up and then have a comic book is like, <laughs> yes. So, so I, I first came across or heard about Jason from a guy from Florida, uh, you know, of all places, to recommend to me somebody who lives 40 or 60 miles from my house. But, <laughs> But he told me about him, so I contacted Jason, and um, everybody I talk to who works with Scattered Comics, who knows Jason, I have never heard, not even a neutral position on him. Everything I've ever heard has been overwhelmingly positive. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. He's great. The people he surrounds himself with appear to be just outstanding mm-hmm. people, typically. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. So that's awesome. So... How have you found comic book production and promotion compared to film these days? Ooh, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's it's indie comic books. It's tough to get them out there in a way. I I I had shopped my comic book to a bunch of comic book shop uh, stores and to carry them, and you always it's just like in the movies you get these people who yeah this is great terrific how many can i buy how many do you have off hand then you get the people are like no i don't care indie comics <laughs> you know what i mean like it's always it's a 50 50 shot it always is 
uh, of course, anything you sell, you got to go online with nowadays. Everyone's just online. And that's what sucks for me because I like walking into a comic book shop. So every time I hear a comic book shop clothing, I cry a little. <laughs> I'm oh, not yeah. even kidding. Like, oh, it's horrible. I mean, it's, I, I always promised myself if I ever won the lottery, I would open up a comic book shop slash cafe so you can get yourself some hot chocolate and sit down on a couch and read a comic. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, I have all those things. Like, if I won the lotto. But, uh, <laughs> but um, oh, I, I tell you, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to get it out there, but it's not impossible to get it out there. Oh, no, you know what I mean? There's still people out there reading them. It's just there's not still, as many. Yeah. It's just not as many. It's just as all these millennials and people come, you know, coming up, coming out. Well, I don't even know what I'm trying to say anymore. As as time goes, mm-hmm. it's harder and harder to, to do things, I feel like. It's harder to, you know, I mean, my husband's got a band. And you know how hard it is to get people to come out to a show. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants to leave their house anymore. It's killing the band. I mean, there's just so much right now. It's just it's like, wow, I can't believe. Like, I love going to see bands and love going to shows, but it's just nowadays, it's just nobody wants to leave their home. I mean, I don't blame them, but well, no. it is, you know. You know, it's not even that they don't want to leave their home. It's I see these kids are working their asses off at jobs that don't pay anything. And we live They're in California where, where a one-bedroom apartment is $2 billion a month, you know, even down here They're in Modesto. They're overworked. Yeah. yeah, they're overworked. They're oh, underpaid. Yeah. Everything costs yes, too damn much. And it, they've grown up in a time where media at home is damn near free or is free if you just out mm-hmm. and out steal it. Yeah. Yeah. You could just, I have, I have a friend who um, was supposed to come out. To see my husband's band, I'm like, yeah, I'll see you there. This will be fun. He didn't show up because he's oh, I was too tired because I was on the couch watching YouTube videos all night. Yeah, <laughs> like ah, oh, come on, <laughs> like yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> I can't see myself doing that because I just I got to be doing something productive. I don't even believe in those those readers. You know, the people have those um, what do they call where they read books on their little computers? Oh, the, the I I believe holding a book. Yeah, I believe yeah. holding an actual book. Like, I'm one of those. Like, honestly, I miss my little CD player I used to carry around with a stack of CDs to switch them out while I walked down the hate street to Amoeba Music. Oh, yeah. I'm one of those people. Like, I'm over here like, oh, I get to plug it into my phone. Guess everything's on my phone. I, I miss my CD player. I'm actually old enough that. that my parents had a reel-to-reel when I was a kid. And I oh owned God. I owned a Walkman in the early '80s, like an actual old school Sony Walkman. Like that's I mean that's how much I've seen media change I, in my life. I dread I dread the day my son comes up to me and goes, "Mommy, what's a VHS?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. No, and that's so, you yeah, know. that's well. That'll be one of his first questions as he's streaming uh, media directly into his brain at the age of seven. You know, what, what, what are all these things? What do you mean roll yeah. down the window, hang up the phone? Exactly. Yeah. Well, so, um, wow. Raina, if people want to check out more of what you got, where, where are some places they can go? Uh, they could go to laststoryproductions.com to check out. Um, I'm revamping a lot of that site right now, I'm redoing a lot of the pages, but it's still live. 
Um, you can go on Facebook and look for me. Um, you can look for my Raina Young page. I also have a Miss Misery fan page on Facebook. On Instagram, I'm at director Raina Young because I couldn't put Raina Young. It was taken, everything, so I had to put director in front of my name, which I guess is all right. Mm-hmm. So at director Raina Young for Instagram. You can go on YouTube, look up Last Story Productions or Horror Host Miss Misery to find me. I have a bunch of videos up there and more coming out soon also um, as I start getting back. I was pregnant for nine months, then I had the baby, so I'm getting back into my YouTube and other things still, kind of just seeing a bit. But yeah, fresh videos are going up there. You can also look for my show, Miss Misery's Movie Massacre on Roku. I have a Roku channel. And I'm also on Vallejo Access Station, Friday nights at 10, and also Saturday nights in Hayward. So uh, that's out of Chabot College, so that's channel 257, I believe. But you can always go to my website and look at all that information also and see where you can find me. That is awesome. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I hope you don't mind if I keep you on my my quick dial for when I need guests or people to talk about certain things because it's been a blast having you on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, anytime. Yeah. And everybody else, thank you for checking us out. Please go check out Raina's stuff, Last Door Productions, Miss Misery. It's all really awesome stuff. Also, her comics, if you do find them, they kind of look like old school EC comics, so that that's a lot of fun as well. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely worth a look. Um, Raina, again, thank you. And everybody else, thank you for joining us. Bye bye, everybody. <laughs>